You're listening to the Happier at Work podcast, and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. Through a combination of solo episodes and interviews with some incredible guests, we bring you the insights and practical tips to create happier working environments for you and your teams. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend or a colleague and leaving a rating or review on your favorite platform. And one thing I think is very important, which I learned from a a sporting perspective, is this whole idea of managing failure. Um, And I think, I mean, clearly you don't want to get used to not doing well but all you need is one to go well so it could be that you've gone for 20 or 30 but but you always have to keep saying to yourself it could be that the 21st run or the 31st run or the 101st one um, and the same with applying for jobs so it's almost like saying to yourself bend reality and okay things aren't going well but all I need is one person to give me a, a job offer all, all I need is one interview to go well and the rest of my life will change. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm so delighted you decided to tune in today. My guest today is Harsha Borelessa. You're going to be in for a treat today. We talk about career development. So if you're interested in getting promoted or taking more of a proactive approach to how you how you look at your career, essentially. And today's episode is definitely for you. As always, I'll be doing a summary at the end with some of the key points that we talked about and the things that I took away and maybe some actions that you can take as a result of listening to today's podcast episode. So do stay tuned for that. It's at the end. And as always, I'd love to know what you thought of today's episode. So feel free to reach out to me directly, interact on social media. You'll find everything that you need on the Happier at Work website, happieratwork.ie. Enjoy today's episode. Harsha, you're so welcome to the Happier at Work podcast. I know we had a brilliant conversation a few months ago, and I've been excited to have this conversation on the podcast with you. Do you want to let people know a little bit about your background, who you are, and what brought you to where you are today? Well, first of all, thanks so much for inviting me on the show today, Aoife. I'm really honoured to be here. So I'm the founder and host of the Reframe and Reset Your Career podcast and YouTube channel. And this was inspired by my passion for neuroscience and psychology. And my aim with the podcast and YouTube channel is to really try and empower the listener and almost be a um, a wingman or career coach to them and try and help them to take control of their career development and approach it in a more strategic way. Um, prior to sort of starting down this journey, I actually worked for over 15 years in front office and advisory roles in investment banking and two of the big four accounting firms. I, I thought going for all four would have been a bit too much. So I just stuck with two. <laughs> yeah, love us, love us. <laughs> um, um, and I'm, I'm also a chartered accountant, a CFA charter holder, and I graduated from the London School of Economics. And one thing that sort of got me interested in sort of personal uh, development was that I became interested in high performance development from a very young age through playing cricket for the Middlesex and Essex junior teams. And for those people who are not familiar with cricket, those are two of the top professional teams in England. So I played for them from the age of 10 to 19. And I was actually paid to play in one match. Wow. So technically, I'm a professional athlete there you with, go. A very, with a very short career. <laughs> For one match it, only. Yeah, it, it, it didn't go well, but still, it was it was one match. 
<laughs> Love it. Brilliant. Um, and I suppose it's worth sharing with listeners as well, Harsha, how we connected originally, because it's kind of a strange story. I think it was back in February that we were both announced as being part of, um, a, a, how do you describe it? Like a, the Apple, well, Apple career, podcast career moves. Yeah, career moves yeah. podcast. So, um, uh, I certainly checked the other day. My podcast is still there. It's, you know, slightly buried within a lot of stuff, but it has been there for almost six months now. Um, so really delighted to have been featured in that. So in the career moves section within Apple, uh, it's in the browse section if you kind of look under career moves. And I'm pretty sure that's in UK and Ireland only. I'm not sure if it's in Europe. I'm not sure for anyone who's listening in the States, if it would be there as well. I'm not entirely sure, but certainly UK and Ireland, it's there. But I think you had posted something and yes. then um, you had been tagged by someone else and then you tagged me in this post and that's how we connected. We had a brilliant conversation then afterwards and talked about doing something together. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Um, something that you brought up there was about career development and I suppose strategic career management. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Because something I see a lot of is people are quite reactive to whatever's happening to them they're seeking out opportunities in an organization or waiting to be offered promotions within the role that they're in rather than taking the reins and kind of taking really control of their career and what they want that to look like. Do you want to kind of talk to us a little bit about the difference maybe of stepping up to, to strategically manage your career? Yeah, and I think that that's a great question. And I think that is so important for so many people out there. And I think it's that difference between being passive and active mm -hmm. and taking action. And I'm a big believer in taking action because I think people sometimes think too much and you stay in your head, um, which look clearly you shouldn't be always making off the cuff, um, impulsive decisions. But I think not taking action is, is not good. So, um, I think in terms of careers, what you need to think is, okay, where do I want to be maybe in three years or five years or, or even a year's time? And then almost reverse engineer and say, okay, to get to, um, say I'm a, a, a junior accountant. I want to be a senior accountant. Um, like what, are, what, what, what is that person he or she doing? Um, is he doing more managerial stuff? Is he doing more high level stuff? And therefore, how can I take on, uh, those tasks and get that experience to move up to his or her position? Um, and I think a, a lot of jobs, you can actually almost look to the future and say, okay, this is what I aspire to, to be or to, to the role I want to get to. And then literally uh, reverse engineer and say, okay, these are the small steps I need to take to get to that better um, situation. Um, and it's funny, one of my podcast guests, I don't know if you've come across her, Dr. Grace Lorden, uh, she's actually Irish and yeah. a professor at the London School of Economics. And her book is uh, a very well-known book um, called Think Big. And it's about, uh, and one of the things she espouses is taking these small steps. Um, and it's very difficult to create change overnight. I, so I can't go from uh, an accountant to being a financial director. But what I can do is if I take a lot of small steps over a, over a period of time, there's that compounding effect mm -hmm. and you'll improve and you'll get better. Um, and you, you never know where, where life takes you. Um, but I also think one other thing is that when you're on your journey, 
it's worthwhile keeping an eye open for other opportunities mm. because I think sometimes people really restrict themselves and actually don't look out and see what else is available. So I think clearly you have to have a path, you have to have a, a, a goal where you want to get to. But if there's uh, an amazing opportunity which suddenly comes up, then why don't you take that? Um, and I think it's all about being strategic, number one, um, thinking about the future, taking these reverse engineer, take these small steps, but also be open to new possibilities. Mm. Because especially I think in the world of work now, it's changing so much. It's a little bit like the Wild West to some in certain industries. You don't really know what's happening. So I think instead of being drowned by the sea, almost try and surf the wave mm. and use that momentum to almost drive you forward. Yeah, no, it's there's so much, I think, to, to kind of unpack there. I love this idea of passive versus active. So it's about not just thinking your way out of a problem, but but acting your way out of a problem. So taking action to figure out what might work or what might not work for you. Uh, an example that I have from a conversation I had a number of years ago, um, I was doing like a free career coaching clinic type of thing for people who are looking for a new job. And this guy approached me and he said, well, you know, I want to do this thing. But what if it's a terrible mistake? What if I get two years down the road and it's just turned out to be a disaster? And I said, well, you know, you could stay where you are. And in two years time, it's a disaster. And the time is going to pass anyway. And take that as a learning opportunity. You're not going to know in advance if something is the right move for you until you actually make that move and figure it out for yourself. And there's always the opportunity to learn. It's not about like, oh, I made a terrible mistake and that my, my career is over or those two years are kind of a write off. It's like taking what did I learn from that situation about what I like and what I don't like. And maybe it's how I like to be managed or the kind of role I like to do. Um, so, yeah, like it's for me getting out of your head and, and kind of taking action rather than just trying to plan your way out of it by thinking um, this idea of an aspirational role or understanding the gap between where you are now and where you want to be and how you can strategically take those steps. So, again, a, a kind of um, an example that I have from an organization that I worked with, uh, I, I mean, I left there um, I'm like, how many years ago is that now? A long time ago. But they did have very clear criteria around the competencies that were required at each level. And so as you progress, you need to have better strategic yeah. thinking, for example, and less um, like maybe when you get to that senior, senior level, there was less reliance on some of the technical capabilities that were required in a lot of the more junior roles. So it's it's just kind of noticing that shift of like, I need to be less focused on the technical side of the role, the kind of day to day role and more focused maybe on client relationship building, on strategic thinking, on thinking of the bigger picture and how things in an organization interrelate or interact with each other. And um, then there is this idea around the small steps and the compounding effect. Now, I heard about that first a few years ago. But interestingly, Harsha, I'm hearing so much more about it recently. I feel like it's kind of really starting to to catch on. And it's 
you know, again, maybe from a personal perspective, we often look at others and think they've had some sort of overnight success and you don't realise all of the no's that people have had in whatever situation they're in. You don't realise everything that has gone in to make whatever has happened, all of the small steps that they've taken. And then maybe one of the final small steps leads to a huge success. But actually, all we see is this perceived overnight success. Um, I'm wondering as well, about this idea that like if people aren't keeping their eye out for these possibilities or these opportunities, is it out of a sense of loyalty that they have to organizations? What do you think? I, I think sometimes you're just too focused on the day to day and uh, the operational and just getting the job done to almost look up and see what's going on. Um, so I don't I mean, clearly, look, I, I don't think we're saying don't be loyal to your company. Clearly, you need to do that. But I also think that you need to be uh, a grown up and adult about the relationship you have with the company. Clearly, they're hiring you because you are going to produce more economic value than you're costing. And if you're not, then clearly um, you're not going to be there for very long, unfortunately. So I think you just have to be very realistic about the way the world is. And I, and I don't think that that means that you should be worried every day about your job. But I think it, the, 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 set, the, the people I think who are going ahead are really thinking, how am I adding value every day? And, and clearly, if you can quantify that, then it, it's very powerful. Now, say if you're in a, a bank or a professional services uh, organization, um, if you're a fee earner, you can say, well, I've helped contribute um, to this uh, revenue stream or I've earned this amount of income in the year. So it's very easy to say, look, uh, this is what I've earned. This is how I've contributed to it. So hopefully um, either give me a, a pay rise or promote me. Whereas I think in some other jobs, it's it's more difficult to say how you've actually uh, added value. But I think there, what you can also do is try and see how you can stand out. So say if you've um, uh, written an article, maybe share that on LinkedIn, or if you've learned something from your job, uh, do a post or a, a small video. Obviously, clearly, you've got to run it past your company. You don't want to be freestyling. Uh, but, but, but clearly, I <laughs> it's think... It's like, disclaimer, this is not yeah. a representation of our organization. No, exactly. <laughs> but but it's, it's really interesting, I think, in a lot of these organizations. Uh, I, I don't know if you uh, watch uh, ESPN, um, but I'm a big sports fan. And there, they had a big clear out of, of their staff. Not, you know, it's just one of those things, unfortunately, there were some redundancies. But I think the interesting thing there is, is that you have a lot of sort of on-air talent who are actually creating their own brands almost separate to the company. So obviously you have the platform, which is ESPN, but then you have these other people creating their brands and platforms outside. And I think if you can, it's, it's very powerful, say if you work in media or in other industries, you can say to your either your employer or a new employer, so on LinkedIn, I have X number of followers or on Instagram, I have X number, then, I mean, clearly you can't directly say, pay me for each of my followers. But I do think that metric is very powerful. Um, you can say to your boss, well, clearly people know me in the industry. There's a respect for me. Maybe you've been on a, a top 10 list of you know, uh, 30 under 30, 40 under 40, you know, whatever it is. I mean, say for our podcast that because we're on Apple um, Career Moves, uh, it does give credibility and social proof to the podcast. So I think whenever there's a way of 
getting somebody else to uh, recognize you, it does give you greater credibility. And I think bringing it back to the work situation, um, I think it's very much about trying to build your brand and really try and uh, help people understand what it is uh, IFA or Harsha stands for. Mm. Because then even before they've met us, hopefully they'll get a a flavor of um, uh, our work, uh, what we like to do, what we're looking for. Um, So I, I think that's very powerful. Yeah, I mean, there, there's again, there's loads I'd love to kind of dive into there with you. This this concept of how am I adding value every day? Absolutely love that. I, I wrote that down as kind of a, a really powerful quote and takeaway, because I think oftentimes we're, you know, in that transactional nature of work, we're looking for what work is doing for us rather than how we're adding value. But it also brought to mind the kinds of things that we think of when we think of work, we think of it in tasks rather than achievements a lot of the time. I'm seeing a lot of changes happening around that where people are saying rather than this is what my job entailed, it's these are the achievements that I was able to achieve or the achievements that I achieved <laughs> within the role that I had. Um but, you know, saying things and, and it's what it's the unique capabilities that you bring to a role. What are you doing differently that other people wouldn't do if they were in that same role? And really thinking about it in that way. And and I suppose that highlights what people's personal strengths are and gives them the opportunity to, to kind of work to those strengths. Are you seeing a, a shift around that, around more of a focus on the achievements rather than the tasks, let's say? Um, I, I, I think. It's, if you're uh, the way I would look at it is say you are trying to you're going into your appraisal at the end of the year or you're trying to get a new job uh, and and you're updating your CV. I think if you can say I've uh, I've sort of brought in a, a new client or I've generated this amount of revenue, then I think it's a much easier conversation to have with your boss or your new employer. Because rather than saying, okay, I can, I can, I, I can do these skills, which clearly you need to be able to perform certain tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think if you can focus on your achievements, it's, it's a bit more, I think, objective. And then you can say, look, this is what I've done. Um, this is maybe the revenue I've earned, or these are the clients I've worked with. And I think it's a much more objective measure. Yeah. And then it's easier, hopefully, for the employer to ke- compare you with, other people as well when they're either because you know how it is in the review situation there's only a finite amount of um uh income to be uh mm. distributed amongst the bonus uh, the, the bonus the, part or the the salary increase well, part is is limited yeah, yeah correct <laughs> yeah and 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 i think also if you're um an employee going in to see your manager you also have to be aware that clearly, look, he or she cannot promote everybody. They cannot give everybody a, a, a massive pay rise. So you, you unfortunately, you're, you're sort of fighting amongst um, you know, a group of people. Um, and what you want to do is make sure that when your manager is fighting for you, he or she can say, well, um, this is what Aoife or Harsha has done, which is uh, completely different from other people. So I think that's a very, very powerful thing. And actually, one comment somebody was telling me once is that um, sometimes it's the people who are fight that the, the employees who are almost being difficult and always talking about promotion and salary, 
they're the ones who get rewarded because sometimes they're just a real pain. So yeah, you just want to give them something. What's that to, term? The, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So if you talk about it and complain about it enough, and I have yes. so many examples of that, um, both in a business and, and work context, as well as in my personal life, the people who kind of talk about the things like um, are the ones that, that kind of get rewarded just to shut them up sometimes. You know, you've been talking about this enough. I'm going to give you that promotion. But kind of one thing that I noted was by making your boss's job easier when they're talking yes. about you, by providing them with that information and saying, here are the actual results that I've produced. And I know certainly in my early stage career, it was really hard to think about what those things might be. As I grew in my career, it became a little bit easier. I was managing very specific revenue amounts in a saturated kind of market and, and in a really competitive market as well and managed to grow by 1% which sounds like not very much money, but actually when you're talking in the millions, then it, it turns out to be quite a bit of money. And that was compared to then other teams who were negative, you know. So um, I think if you can put actual numbers on that, and I know not everyone is client facing necessarily, but if you can relate what you do on a day to day basis to the impact that it has on the business, whether you're saving time, whether you're saving money. Uh, whether you're making money, whatever that might be, efficiencies that you've produced. So is, time is a huge thing at work, I think, especially in this day and age of back to back meetings and not having enough time to get your actual work done. Um, Harsha, the other thing I wanted to come back was this concept of personal brand. And I can totally see that from a from a perspective of sports and people building their own personal brands. I'm seeing a lot more people not necessarily on the back of their companies, but getting their names out there and being associated with that organization that they work with and being really high profile on places like LinkedIn, mostly LinkedIn, actually. But I never thought about it from the perspective that you can kind of use the number of followers you have as leverage for commanding a higher salary or trying to negotiate a, a better title or whatever that might be. Um, but it's a really interesting perspective. And I'm definitely seeing a lot more of, of people establishing their personal brands. Any thoughts around that or any ideas for to share around what people could do to build their personal brand or think about what that might look like for them? Well, well I think start start thinking about it from the uh, the recipient's perspective. So if you're posting something, um, try and think how can I, how can this add value to that um, viewer or reader? Because clearly they have a limited amount of time. And by looking at your article or your post or your video, they have committed something to that. Um, and what you don't want to do is upset them that they click on something and they think, oh, this is a bit, it's not great, basically. Yeah. So I think start off from that perspective, think, okay, if I'm going to produce something, think about the value that I'm adding. Now, it doesn't have to be an original post. It could just be I'm sharing something. Um, it could be, oh, I saw this great uh, podcast interview with Aoife O'Brien and Harsha Baradessa. <laughs> Uh, and you're sharing that. Um, yeah. And then that that might add value to somebody. So um, I think it's about trying to firstly, look at look at who's going to be consuming the content. 
try and add value to them, but also just get stuff out there. And mm. I think at the beginning, it is hard to come up with original content. It's it's not easy. Mm. Um, I would find if, if I didn't do the, the podcast and have interviews, I would find it hard to come up with original content. But because it's there, it's relatively easy. You can mm. share your interviews or your videos. Yeah. But I think for people who are at, at work, think about, okay, the industry I'm in, um, are there any interesting uh views that you have maybe that are counter to the uh, the the industry norms and i'm not saying go completely wacky because obviously you don't want to destroy <laughs> your credibility yeah. but i do think that it's the people who think counterintuitively i find it's it they're they're quite um almost prescient they're looking into the future because I think if you, it's one of those things where if you do the same thing as everybody else, you'll just be within the pack. So I think it's it's really trying to think, okay, how can I stand out, um, uh, but in a an interesting sort of way, and think almost a little bit counterintuitively. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like with stock picking. Um, if you're buying the same stocks as everybody else, you might as well just buy a, a tracker fund. Yeah. You, you need to think slightly differently, and that's where you come up with the real magic ideas. Mm. I want to put a caveat there and be like, this is not investment advice. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought I'd get that in there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, now, if, if, there's a few things I'd love to say about that. And well, the first thing is about having the podcast. Like for me, it's to make it accessible and to make it practical for people. So when they listen, they're going to do something differently as a result. And I don't expect people to go in and implement like 10 different changes or whatever. But it's about thinking one small thing that you can do differently, going back to your earlier point about the compound effect. So make one small change and maybe you listen to the episode again and you make another change or you take something different from it. Um, I love the idea of thinking about it from the recipient's perspective and the people have invested their time. So it better be worth their while to read whatever it is you're saying. I think it is hard when you first get started. I think it's quite intimidating as well. Uh, You think that no one's going to read your stuff. You think, what do I have to say? No one's going to want to listen to me. Everyone has those fears, by the way. This is not just like exclusively to certain people have those fears. Everyone, if you're thinking that, um, if you're thinking that everyone or if you're thinking that you don't have anything important to say, everyone feels exactly that same way, I think. Uh, maybe it's not all the time, but they certainly feel that at times. So for me, I think one of the things to get started, like you say, so sharing stuff, but giving your own perspective on, well, I read this and this is what I took from it myself, or I read this and I actually I don't agree with that point. I think maybe try this instead um, or something like that. But then as you build up your confidence, you can start sharing a bit more of your own original stuff then as well. Like I love it when people comment on my things and either they challenge what I've said or they'll add something else or a a fresh perspective or something that I hadn't thought of. And I think it's a way for everyone to learn and to to share and to grow as well. Um, This idea then of having those views that are unique or that go against the norm, essentially, I'm seeing loads of that on LinkedIn. And they are like, you know, I I did a LinkedIn course a couple of years ago, and he very much encouraged that type of stuff. Like it obviously needs to be genuine. It can't be just like, like you say, kind of wacky off the wall, lose your credibility. It does need to be from a genuine place. Like this is something I do really believe. But I see this opportunity in the market where everyone's talking about this one thing. But actually, have you considered that that might not be the right thing to do and you're doing something slightly differently? 
But that lends itself to people having a unique voice and building a personal brand around that unique voice as well. And actually, one thing I just wanted to add was that, um, say, uh, for a lot of our listeners, they're looking for jobs or um, they're finding it difficult to maybe move on. Clearly, they're submitting CVs and maybe they're getting no no response or they're going for interviews and being rejected. And one thing I think is very important, which I learned from a, a sporting perspective, is this whole idea of managing failure. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, clearly, you don't don't want to get used to not doing well but i think say with um you know interviews uh you might only a all you need is one to go well so mm. it could be that you've gone for 20 or 30 but but you always have to keep saying to yourself it could be that the 21st one or the 31st yeah. one or the 101st one um, and the same with applying for jobs so it's almost like saying to yourself bend reality and okay things aren't going well but all I need is one person to give me a, a job offer. All, all I need is one interview to go well, and the rest of my life will change. And mm -hmm. I find it it's really sad because um, I remember when I, I was uh, graduated from university, I spent quite a while trying to get that first um, graduate training contract with an accounting firm. And, um, you know, I, I thought I interviewed well, but I was struggling for, for whatever reason. And then I, I managed to get um, a, a job with one of the big, big four accounting firms. And my interview was no better or worse than uh, the previous, however many I had before. And I was no better or worse a candidate. Yeah. It's just that sometimes things work out for you. Um, and I'm a big believer in luck and serendipity. But it's one of those things where you almost have to give yourself those at-bats or those mm. chances um, to, um, yeah, if you're not applying and you're not interviewing, you have absolutely no chance of getting the job. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's about reframing the whole thing and saying to yourself, okay, it's really a numbers game. Uh, it's like with networking, you don't know how many people you have to meet for that uh, contact to actually turn into something. But I think if you have a mindset of, say, with networking, you're not doing it in a transactional way, you're just doing it in a, in a fun way. And I suppose, say, for, for the two of us, when I was um, writing that post and tagging you, I didn't think, oh, Eva's going to have me on her podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just trying to make sure that I'd got everybody's name. Yeah, in there. but then it was so inclusive. Yeah. That's what I loved about it. It yeah. was you tagged literally everyone who was, who yeah. was part of that. I think there was uh, twenty in total yeah. podcasts that were included in that mm. list. Um, so I was delighted because I had no idea that I had been yeah. part of it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> Apple certainly <laughs> didn't tell me. Exactly. <laughs> they might be listening now. <laughs> Can you send me an iPhone? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Um, but that's so interesting. This idea of managing failure ties in with what we were talking about earlier as well, about this, like taking those small steps and not all of the steps are positive. Not all of the yeah. steps will be perceived as a success, but actually that's not what people see. People don't see the failures. People don't see the rejections. People don't see the interviews that you messed up. They see the success or they see that you've got accepted into this big four accountancy firm. Yeah. They see that you've been promoted. They see, you know, this is what people see. And there's a huge focus on that. And, and you know, I suppose the purpose of this is to share with people like there is loads of other stuff going on behind the scenes that you don't necessarily get to see about what happens with people. It's not an overnight success. It's not uh, suddenly someone has just appeared out of nowhere. And there is a whole load of stuff that's that's kind of going on behind the scenes. And some of that can include failure. And it's really important to manage that mindset around failure as well. And 
uh, what have I heard over the years? First attempt in learning and all of this kind of stuff and and trying to take um, the word failure out of my language. Really great reframe on one of my previous podcast guests. He calls it a setback rather than a failure. And I just think, isn't that so interesting? So failure kind of... It assumes that there's either a success or a failure. So it's a binary outcome, success or failure. A setback implies that you're on a journey and this is just something that sets you back on your journey a little bit. And you maybe need to change direction. You might need to try something else, whatever it might be. But I love that reframe from a failure to a setback. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And 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 I think, yeah, it's it sometimes it's, it's that thing life doesn't make sense when you you're living it it's only yeah. when you look back you think yes. oh, wow uh, and and actually when I look back on the accounting firms that rejected me funny enough two of them gave me offers afterwards yeah mm-hmm. when I was great um, I had, had been a, uh, qualified as an accountant and I actually worked at one of them so, so it's it's funny how these things and I I, I was no better or worse a candidate yeah and yeah, and, yeah. and and the really funny thing is with, with the interview with the first one Eva there was just this massive piece of luck because you know it was one of those sort of like interview days where you have lunch and then you do the interview and then you oh, have yeah. a, an assessment sort of thing and they, and, they secretly uh, are watching how you interact yeah, with other people to- yeah. totally yeah. yeah and and the funny thing is that the um so I was I was eating my lunch and I thought I was being interviewed by by somebody else. And the lady I was talking to who was a manager, I was just having a normal chat because I don't think I, I don't really need to impress her. I, I can just talk. <laughs> and, and then I started talking about some random subject, classical music. And I know nothing about classical music, <laughs> but I knew a little bit more than her. And okay. she was really impressed. Yeah. Um, and then I thought nothing of it. And I went and went to sort of speak to the person who I thought was going to be interviewing me. And then when I got to the interview room, I found out it was the lady who I was speaking to about classical music. Wow. So some weird, yeah, weird bit of luck, serendipity, whatever. It's funny yeah. how these things work out. It is, it is. And I love like it was Steve Jobs described it as when you you can connect the dots when you're looking backwards, but you can't connect the dots when you're looking forwards. And I suppose bringing that into a career management perspective and, and what we've been talking about, you like, where will you be in five years time? Where will you be in 10 years time? I, I hope they've stopped asking that question in interviews because oftentimes we don't know there could be a brand new role that no one's ever heard about that we're doing in five years time. And maybe it's thinking about the next move that you're going to make or the next two to three years that this is where I aspire to be. And what is the gap to get there? Because you can't anticipate into the future what those dots are going to kind of take you. Maybe it's, again, luck and serendipity and, and what opens up and what presents itself for you for those opportunities. And, and what will you say yes to and what will you say no to? Um, and if you're like Richard Branson, say yes and then figure out how to do it later. <laughs> but, but, but I think it's also about talking to people and talking to as many people as possible because you will definitely get not not just ideas but i i just think by the idea of uh talking to somebody you're articulating what's in your head and actually that's not a very easy thing to do so say if you come up with a a new idea i I had this thing where they said uh try and explain it to somebody else because if you can explain it to somebody else and then ask them to uh, uh, repeat it to you that gives you a much a better way of thinking okay does this make sense uh, and and say with your career um, if you're talking about your aspirations to somebody um, when you're saying okay I want to be I don't know uh, working in a, a tech giant okay how do you 
get there? Um, you know, what are the skills you need? Because you can't suddenly go from um, you know, doing YouTube videos to um, working for a massive tech giant without, you know, obviously you have to get experience. Mm. So it's really just thinking about what are the moves you need to make to uh, progress. And, and and actually just uh, speaking to people. And sometimes this idea of speaking things into existence. Now, I'm, not, I'm never sure how how accurate that is. But I do think that if you uh, go deep into a, a topic and you do really you learn about it and then talk about it to other people, then you're almost putting it out into the world that, okay, I'm a, I'm a podcaster, these are the guests looking for and then maybe it could be that that person you're speaking to is the right person or he or she knows somebody who uh who would be a great guest for you now that's a trivial example but i think there are so many of those things that um you know, maybe you're working in a particular area of law or particular area of tech or whatever it is um i think it's just about increasing those number of, of at bats increasing those number of conversations mm. and i think increasing the chances that good things can happen to you um, yeah. You just never know. Yeah, I love that idea of articulating what's in your head and asking someone then to repeat it back to you, because I think it helps us to understand how we're communicating as people. I have a very clear idea in my head of what it is I want to when I explain it to other people. It comes out in a slightly different way every time I speak to someone different, which gives me kind of more enlightenment as around what it is that I really want. But I've never asked them to explain back to me to see how how they're receiving what I'm articulating. And I think that's that's actually a really interesting step that maybe people could take, even articulating what it is that you want in your career. What does that next move look like? Uh, trying to understand how you're being perceived by other people, I think, is, is a really important step for managing your career, because oftentimes the intention that you have in your head is not necessarily the action that you take or it's not perceived in in the same way as you intended and I love this um again this comes from research that you uh we judge other people by their actions but we judge ourselves by our intentions not our actions so we don't judge other people by their intentions but we judge ourselves by our intentions so it's about kind of leveling the playing field around that understanding more about what your intentions are I another thing that occurred to me is that you might want to go from being a YouTuber to joining a tech giant, but you might change that goal along the way. And that's yeah. OK. You know, you might take steps towards that goal, realize that it's not for you or you, you change direction or another opportunity comes up. It's OK, too, if that happens. Um, this idea of speaking things into existence, I think, yeah, just verbalizing what it is that you're doing in any context helps I think it helps when people understand what it is that you're trying to achieve and who they can connect you with, because really, at the end of the day, it's all about connection and, and you know, working with other people and, and things like that. I, like that's for me what I what I live for is connecting and, and collaborating with people. Yeah, no. And, and I think if you don't look, people can't read it people's minds mm -hmm. so you need to help Not them yet. as much as yeah <laughs> sometimes i feel like instagram can read my mind by the ads that it shows me but that's another story for another yeah, day yeah, exactly but <laughs> so i think make it as easy as possible uh for somebody else to help you i mean clearly your opening gambit shouldn't be hi i'm Aoife, can you give me a job yeah. or can you promote my podcast but i i just think it, it's it, when you meet somebody new there's a, an American psychologist called Dr. Robert Cialdini who wrote Influence. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So he, he talks about my list. I still haven't read it, but oh, it is on my list. 
it, it, it's it's a great book, um, but but essentially there he has these six principles. But you know he says when you meet somebody, try and find these commonalities. So mm-hmm. if you know, did you go to uh, a particular university? Do you like a particular type of food? And then when you establish that link on this very trivial basis, it helps you to build that relationship. And it's it's always funny, I think, if you can have that link, whatever it is, you know, we're, we're quite tribal and we like people who like uh, similar things to ourselves. You're almost giving them a bit more of a, a chance uh, and you're you feel a bit warmer to them. Mm. So I think it's all about, um, you know, when people say, oh, I go to these uh, events and I can't meet anybody. Um, I know, look. I'm, I'm an introvert uh, I don't know about you but Same, I find it yeah, difficult yeah. people, yeah, t- people I find are surprised difficult. to learn yeah, yeah but totally, I am yeah. an introvert as well yeah, yeah but but I've managed to create a persona where you, know, you can go and speak to people because yeah. you have to otherwise yeah. you can't get on in the world so you just go and, and just try and be nice and um, you know, li- listen you know ask ask questions because I think everybody has something interesting to say or an interesting fact it's but it's up to you to try and find that you have to make the effort and you can't rely on them to you know, almost give that to you so i think when you're at um, a networking event or a drinks party uh yeah just don't put too much pressure on yourself to say i'm trying to meet a couple of nice people uh if i can connect with them on linkedin that's great but uh, no big deal mm. uh because i think sometimes people think okay i've got to you know, find my next um job or um meet my next partner or whatever it is <laughs> it's just too much pressure yeah 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 back to your earlier point you know show up and and have fun yeah. essentially i'm here to have a bit of fun mm. um but it's absolutely been brilliant chatting to you and I can't believe how quickly the time has passed, Harsha. Uh, the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what does being happier at work mean to you? I think in the in the jobs that I've been where I've been really enjoyed it, it's about one, I think your boss and your team. Mm. Um, you obviously have a good relationship with them. I mean, clearly there, there, there is uh, respect they, b- both ways um, and they've created a safe environment. Um, but there's also accountability. You're given tasks. Um, you know what goals you have to hit. Um, and clearly if you don't hit them, that's not a good situation. But I think you're almost pushing yourself harder because you have that good relationship with your boss and your team and you don't want to let them down. Um, also, I think having a safe space where if things go wrong, you want people to flag them up to you immediately. So if I'm leading a team or I'm working with uh, people on the podcast who are helping with social media or whatever, all I say is, look, you know, things will go wrong. That's just the way of the world. But just tell me as soon as you know. Don't mm-hmm. try and um, you know, sweat on it too much because it could be a very straightforward thing, which I could help you with. Um, and I, and sometimes I think people try to sit on things for too long. And I, I look, I've been guilty of that as well. So I think as soon as there's a problem, just flag it up. And hopefully uh, your boss or your teammates will be able to help you out with it. Brilliant. Love that. And if people want to connect with you, you know, give a shout out to the podcast or, or what's the best way they can connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on uh, LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, obviously, the podcast Reframe and Reset Your Career. Uh, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, you know, all, basically all the big brands. And I also have a, a YouTube channel 
interestingly enough, also called Reframe and Reset Your Career. So <laughs> basically, it's re- Reframe and Reset Your Career everywhere. But yeah. actually, what, I, what I'd really like to do is develop this into more, um, like almost Reframe and Reset Your Life, because I yeah. do think so many bits of career bleed into uh, personal development. Totally, and yeah. actually, you can take a lot of the same ideas and concepts from your career and put them into your personal relationships mm. or vice versa. Because yeah. ultimately, it's all about dealing with people. Yeah. And I think really trying to understand what it is, what it is that other person is trying to get out, get out of, uh, not the relationship, but how can you help them with their life and make their life better? Mm. Um, and I think looking at it from that perspective, it just makes it much easier with the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. love that approach. So thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely loved this chat. We could probably talk about this for another couple of hours, <laughs> but um, I'm looking forward now to recording on your podcast as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time. No, my pleasure. Th- thanks so much for inviting me. If you've been listening to the Happier at Work podcast for a while, you'll know that I love to make the episodes as actionable as possible for you. I love bringing practical suggestions into the conversations that I have with my guests. But I always wondered, how easy is it to implement what you learn? Or how are you staying accountable for putting into practice what it is that you know about? So recently, I've started partnering with Skilding.com. That's S-K-I-L-L-D-I-N-G.com. Skilding suite of digital tools is designed to help you remember the most actionable content from this episode when you need it most and track your improvements while you deliberately practice. With Skilding.com, ensure that you're learning the right way with their tools and resources. You'll have everything you need to make sure you're retaining the best of what you hear and applying it when it matters most. Head over to skillding.com forward slash happier to check out the insights from today's episode. That was Harsha Borlasa talking all things career development. And I really hope you took a lot from the conversation today. Before I share some of the key points from today's episode, I wanted to remind you to get involved in the conversation. You'll find all the links that you need across social media or if you want to reach out to me directly on the website happieratwork.ie. Now, one of the the big things, and this has come up on the podcast before, is this bias towards action. This means knowing when to stop thinking and planning and get out of your head and actually start doing stuff. So it's not until you do stuff that you realise whether it's going to work, whether you enjoy it, whether it's the thing for you. So get out of your head and start taking action rather than planning and planning and planning. Harsha also touched on this idea of loyalty. So oftentimes we feel like we're loyal to our organisation, but we're not necessarily getting that same level of loyalty back. And gone are the days when we're in the same organisation for 30 years of our careers. But it's about being loyal to the organisation that you're in, but still being open to possibilities and expanding your thinking about where your next opportunity could be. Stop waiting for something to land on your lap and look a bit broader than where you currently are. He also mentioned to think about how you can stand out. So what makes you different? And this relates to personal brand. So how are people perceiving you? What do you stand for? 
And really, really importantly, how can you make your boss's job easier to promote you by talking about all of the achievements that you've had, by laying it out step by step. Here's what I did. Here's how it relates to the team. Here's how it relates to the department. Here's how it relates to the organization. Making it really, really obvious what you're doing and how you're adding value. But also asking yourself, if you're not adding value, how am I adding value to the organization every day? Or if you're not thinking in those kinds of terms and moving away from this idea of your achievements or your job description, what are you doing differently that someone else in that same role wouldn't necessarily achieve? So think about how you personally are adding value to the organisation and how you're doing that every single day. We touch on this idea of failure and managing failure and this kind of brought up ideas for me of Michael Jordan and the discovery of the light bulb initially. Uh, and even in a career context, the, the acknowledgement that careers are not linear, it's not a straight line. This is the perception that we seem to have is that we're going to go on a career that has a straight line and it's always going to be moving upwards. But sometimes it goes down and sometimes it goes sideways. So acknowledging that, that it's not a failure. I love the reframe of failure, that it's it, it's about it's failure being a setback as on a journey as opposed to uh, something that is either a success or a failure. So bringing that into your awareness, into your acknowledgement as well. And also this idea that that sometimes our career aspirations can change. So we have an idea for what we want to do, whether that's in five years time, in 10 years time. But along the journey that we've taken, another opportunity has come up and our aspirations have changed as a result of that. One of the last things that we talked about then is this idea of talking to people about what it is that you want. So I know certainly I've got better at doing this, at explaining this is my vision for the happier at work empire, if you like, or the happier at work movement. So what is my vision for that? And the more people I talk to and share to about that, they can connect me with other people. It helps me to articulate what my vision is. It helps me to explain better every single time. And with each person I explain it to, I learn something more because I use slightly different language. And I think, oh, wow, that's quite interesting. I didn't I wasn't even aware of that. And I'm just talking about that. So um, really important to talk to people about what it is that you want. And the more you do that, the better you'll be able to articulate what that is, what that means. And so when it comes to interviews or even simply telling people what it is that you're about, it makes it easier every time you do that. That's it for today's episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. As always, do get involved in the conversation and I hopefully I will see you over on social media. That was another episode of the Happier at Work podcast. And if you've made it this far, well done you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to today's episode. If you did enjoy it, please consider leaving a rating, a review or share it with a friend. I would love for you to get involved in the conversation. And also, if you'd like to know more about how I can help you or your business, head on over to happieratwork.ie.